you're tired of the standard business and marketing fundamentals, frameworks, and funnels, <laughs> you need a little mischief. Get ready to turn up the volume on the CEO Mischief Maker podcast, where you access conversations with seasoned business owners who have smashed through mindset barriers, innovated the standard boring business and marketing playbooks, and executed future-paced strategies with bleeding-edge tools and tactics to micro-fail their way into massive success and growth. We are Mindset Impact Strategic Catalysts, helping innovative entrepreneurs focus. We are CEO Mischief Makers. Ready to make a little mischief? view is obstructed. You know this. Failing to check your blind spot while driving on the road can cause accidents, right? Failing to check your mental blind spot can cause setbacks in performance, relationships, and learning. And you know what? Lauren Johnson has you covered with this. She has 57 powerful questions to uncover, to reveal your possible blind spots. 57 powerful mental performance questions. You know why? Everyone wants the privilege of being great. Few people want the responsibilities of it. If you want those responsibilities and the privilege, you need to download these 57 powerful questions. You can go to callmemkj.com slash Lauren 57. That's callmemkj.com slash L-A-U-R-E-N 57. All right. Happy Wednesday, everybody. My dad used to call this hump day. If you are in that sense as well from the Midwest, then you might call it that as well. But Wednesday means impact and innovation. So welcome back, my incredible guest, Lauren Johnson. Lauren, you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. So if you haven't listened to Mindset, you need to go back and listen to that because we are going to build upon that today and talk about impact and innovation. So one of the things you mentioned in our last conversation was research studies and different parts of understanding how mindset works and how we can apply them in our lives. Is there a particular study or particular types of studies that you might use to bring into your framework that you use with clients or athletes? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. I can't possibly go through all of them, but one in particular, I think describes just mindset as a whole. And this study was actually done by Aliyah Crum. And what she did is she took two groups of people and she gave them the exact same milkshake, but one milkshake had the label of, it was an indulgent milkshake, meaning that there was high sugar, high fat, and high calories. The other one was actually shown as like a nutrition shake. And so the label said it was almost like a slim fast for lack of better words. And it was interesting while they were both the same shakes, because we believed in our perception of what each one contained changed, it impacted how our biology shifted. So the people that thought that they were drinking the indulgent shake, they actually became fuller faster and their hunger hormone dropped and they were satiated longer. While people who drank the exact same shake, the label that it was a more healthy version, they became hungry quicker and their metabolism went down. And so it was super interesting how just by simply changing the perception, the label on the exact same thing, 
actually impacted how our bodies responded. She did the same thing with hotel attendants. And so these were women and men that were cleaning and putting on new sheets at hotels. And so when you exit the hotel, they come in, they clean it up for the next person. Well, in general, that's a pretty physical job, physically demanding job, but they didn't see it as that. And so they actually trained them to imagine, well, what if it is a highly intensive job, a highly physical job? And it's actually a very good workout. And the calories that they expelled when they didn't believe it was a physical job versus when they did changed entirely. And they ended up losing weight by simply shifting their belief systems. And by the way, you can't lie to yourself, right? You can't just be like, yeah. oh, well, this yeah. is good when it isn't. We can't lie to ourselves. But when we're able to make these shifts in perspective and the way that we view something and the way that we respond to something and the way maybe an obstacle is looking at it, oh, I can grow from that. And this is how that is where our mind and body can actually shift to meet the moments that we're in. That's flipping incredible. So in terms of applying that now to your clients, I mean, I can think of so many scenarios, but first off, who are you trying to impact with your business? What is the impact you're trying to make in the world? And then I want to take that type of study and how did you innovate that to be able to impact those people? The impact I want to make is I want to help people build a really strong foundation. And I want to get more clear on that. When I work with anybody, I'm not interested in building a two-story house. I'm interested in building a skyscraper. And that requires a deep foundation. And again, like I said, mindset is not everything, but it impacts everything. If you don't have a solid foundation, anything you build on top of it doesn't matter because the second a storm hits, it's going to lose the integrity of its structure. It's going to fall to the ground. And so that is why if we build a really strong mental foundation by understanding your psychology, how it interacts with your neurology and your biology, then we can leverage those things to put us in the best positions for success. Now, it doesn't guarantee it just because we have these things. It doesn't because there's all those outside factors and things that can get in the way, but this puts us in the best position to not only create momentum forward and success, but be able to sustain it long-term. And so one of the studies that actually takes essentially this idea of like how, what we just said with the studies before, okay, if just by simply shifting our perspectives and our belief systems and our mindsets about something, it can actually impact how we experience them and how our biology and neurology interacts. This next study actually takes it just a step further. And we're talking about actually the impact of the stress that we're feeling. And so everybody that's listening, I'd like you to think really quick. What is your relationship with stress and discomfort? And this could also be fear. What is your relationship with those things? Do you have a good relationship? Meaning, meaning like you've spent a lot of time with it. Like think about the good relationships in your life. They are so because you've spent time with them. You maybe have had conflict, but sat through it or resolved it in some way, but you have had enough time to explore, sit with this thing or this person to be able to develop a relationship. Well, if you have a bad relationship, that might be someone you avoid. Like they call and you're like, I am not answering that. Or you're in like the grocery store and you see that person. You're like, oh, suddenly I need vegetables. And you like rush the other way. And so <laughs> some of us treat discomfort and stress and fear in the exact same way. We run, we avoid. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're somewhere in between. And so really quick, once you identify that, I want you to hear about the study. 
So it was actually done with skydivers and they had these different groups of skydivers jumping out of planes. And one group actually viewed it as a threat. Like this is a threat to my life. I am terrified. I am fearful. They were not about it. Like they would not typically choose to do this on a weekend. (laughs) And then there was a group that viewed it as a challenge. Like, yeah, this is uncomfortable, but this is a challenge. Like, I think I can do this. And so what they did is they hooked them all up to a bunch of electrodes and they are monitoring all their physiological symptoms and their biological symptoms. And it was interesting that when they interviewed them, they described feeling the exact same way. But where the difference came into play is how their brains actually interpreted what they were feeling. And the ones that interpreted it as a threat, what they saw was their heart rate variability went down. Their blood vessels actually constricted, keeping all their blood towards their internal organs, which meant they had less oxygenated blood to all of their limbs, including their brain, which declined their cognitive ability meaning they would make worse decisions. And they had feelings such as terror, fear, stress associated. Now the opposite was true for those that viewed it as a challenge. They realized that their heart rate variability went up. Their blood vessels actually dilated, creating more oxygenated blood to all areas of their brain and their body, which increased their cognitive ability and reasoning. And they had feelings such as confidence, challenge, excitement. And so what we see here is that by simply shifting our perspectives and how we interpret situations that are put in front of us can impact how our body responds and how we respond. And so I like to talk about this in terms of playing to win versus playing not to lose. And I know you've heard this from me before. We've had a long discussion about this. And for those of us that are playing to win, We understand that mistakes are a part of the process. When we're playing not to lose, we're terrified to even make a mistake. When we're playing to win, we play aggressive and proactive. When we're playing not to lose, we are playing fearful and reactive. And so the only difference between those two, between playing to win and playing not to lose, is that one performs from a place of power while the other performs from a place of fear because they both have the same goal and that is to win, but we're taking it from two different positions. And so for those of you listening, the question I have for you is, can you identify where you've been playing not to lose in your life? And where are you able to play to win? And then I would ask, how are you interpreting the areas you're playing not to lose versus playing to win? Because one of the things that we know, and one of the things that a lot of the people I work with know very well, and if they don't, we make sure that we dive into this, is that you can't be comfortable and grow at the same time. Your learning centers in your brain actually shut down when you're doing something within your comfort zone. And now it doesn't mean that we need to exist outside of our comfort zone 100% of the time. No, please don't do that. That is unsustainable. But if we look at even a 60-40, you know, on the high end, 80-20 where we are still challenging ourselves, where we are maybe 60% in comfort, 40% outside of that, you know, 80% in comfort, 20% outside of that. What we're doing is we're still creating growth in our mind. And that has to do with leaning into that discomfort. We feel reminding ourselves, this is a challenge, not a threat. 
shifting our perspective. And that's where our body and our chemistry can meet the moment so that we can show up as the best version of ourselves. Oh my God. Okay. That was incredible. First off, I have to tell a really quick story for my 50th birthday. I really wanted to go skydiving and my son, he was, I think, oh my goodness, I'm going to try and do math in my head. I think he was maybe 11, right? I think he was about 11 years old my youngest son. And he was absolutely terrified of mom jumping out of an airplane. It was like not an option. So his solution to that was, okay, mom, that sounds fun, but how about if we do this? How about if you just lay on the floor on your tummy and put your arms up like you're flying through the sky and I'll just point a really strong fan at you. And then (laughs) you'll feel like you're jumping out of an airplane. (laughs) okay, I guess this is something I need to put off so that my 11 year old doesn't like, you know, have a heart attack because mom's jumping out of a plane. That's fine. It's not that important. (laughs) But anyway, I would look at that as yes, let's go for a challenge and then be terrified and probably out. But anyway, that's different. So think about the situation we just talked about last time, like a sales call. And this is a perfect example of the difference between playing to win and playing not to lose, right? So you're coming into the sales call And you're hearing these little hints like, well, yeah, we were, you know, watch where we spend our money, right? There's a we there, but you don't go into that because you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't really want to know that. That might be a spouse. That might be a partner. I'm just going to avoid that, right? That's playing not to lose. Whereas Mm -hmm. the person who wants to play to win would dive into that. And again, use their curiosity, use their openness that I have no agenda here except to hopefully provide what you need. And I would ask, who's we? That's simple. And take whatever comes and then ask more questions and be more curious and allow yourself to look at this sales call as a challenge, not as a threat that I'm not going to make this sale. So I'm not going to make my rent. And so guess what? You create (laughs) the very thing you fear. So, oh my gosh, that is incredible. And scientifically now my body language, my biology, my physiology is going to change based on that. I'm going to lean in and be curious. I'm going to lower my voice and ask questions and be calmer and more nurturing. Or I'm going to be, well, you know, that's cool. But, you know, just because you may not want to spend money unwisely, this is not unwisely. This is going to be an amazing opportunity to invest in blah, blah. Right? That's a totally different physiology between those two scenarios. And you have a specific scientific proof that this is the way we create that situation. This isn't something outside of our control. We actually can control this point of view, this perspective, and therefore this reaction. That's incredible. How do you use that in your work and working with people? Oh, I use it all the time. I use it for myself, number one, because there are a lot of things that I can anticipate in terms of fear. And there's an awesome guy, Chris Hadfield. He actually wrote the book, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. And he actually talks about how this is how they trained at NASA to prep for his time in space. And he goes, you know, a lot of people will tell you like, you know, just think positive, think positive, but that's not always beneficial, right? It's like just being positive to be positive is like slopping and perfume on a bad smell. It doesn't make it better, right? You can't lie to yourself. That doesn't work and it doesn't shift your physiology. So it's really important, but It's same with negativity. If you just want to be negative, be negative. It's not going to help you, but ignoring the negativity of your situation is like ignoring a road closure sign on the freeway. We would like that to take in that information so we can plan our next move. And so one of the things that we can do, especially when we're fearful of something is the antidote to fear is competence. 
And so how can we develop our understanding around it? And so for instance, one of the things they said, they said, the worst thing that could happen in space is a fire to break out on board. And he said, because if you can't contain it, you have nowhere to go. So they spent a lot of time around developing competence around the things that could ignite a fire in what they were going to do as a result of it. And so if you are fearful of a situation, whether it's a sales call, whether it's you know, jumping out of an airplane, whether it's you know, anything that you're fearing that you know that you're probably going to face or you're going to have to come in contact with, the question is, number one, what could go wrong? Is obviously we've already at this point, if we're going to go do it, we thought about what we want to go right. But let's now contrast that with what might go wrong or what might get in the way of that success. And let's really think about those things. Then what we do is we take those things, we do what we call implementation intentions. And then you go, okay, if a fire breaks out on board, then this is what I'm going to do about it. And so if my client says, we aren't able to pay for this, or we are trying to be conservative, then I will respond with who's we, because I will lead with curiosity. This does two things. Number one, it creates this great connection in your brain between a situation that you might face and a behavior that you wish to follow. Your brain's going to love this because it doesn't have to come up with the plan in the moment. It's only job is to simply execute. And so if you're fearful of a sales call, a client, a meeting, a presentation, I really encourage you to go through these two processes. Number one, do some mental contrasting, contrasting what you want to have happen with what could go wrong. Maybe the technology isn't working. Maybe you can't connect your slides. What are you going to do then? And then decide what your plan of attack is, because then what your brain's going to do is when it happens, its first response is not going to be to panic because you've already thought through it. And so this allows you to maintain mental performance in a way that allows you to respond appropriately and at the highest level. Oh my gosh. So innovating that script, innovating that understanding of your point of view and your actual viewpoint of a situation and being able to prepare for that and know where you're coming from and shift that. I'm so impressed that we absolutely have control over that. That's something we can impact. That's not something somebody else has to do for us. If we just shift our perspective and look at it differently, the world changes. Our opportunities change. That's amazing. It's a choice. And that's why I say this all the time is that you become elite by choice, not by chance. Okay, hold on. If your mindset was shifted, you were inspired to innovate and you were spurred into action, don't just move on with your day. Focus, my friend, and take a few minutes to visit ceomischiefmaker.com to learn more about the value that was shared with you today. Please act now and create some CEO mischief of your own. 